friends, and welcome to the Secret Podcast at Service of Change, where we challenge reality, question that which we've been taught, and hope to inspire a new direction of thought to bring about change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II, with Service of Change, where you can read my book for free, I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are. I just changed the format around, so it's real easy to start reading, no email address required. Just go to serviceofchange.com slash I Am Human. Tonight's show, this week's show, uh, going to be talking about vaccines. It's a, a heated subject, a much debated subject. Where does the truth lie? Vaccines are bad. Vaccines are good. Vaccines cause autism and cancer. Vaccines have prevented disease and saved millions of lives. The truth might be somewhere in the middle, it might be on one side or the other. It is a confusing, confusing subject to research because you have experts or alleged experts on each side of the coin who are claiming the complete opposite. So I'm going to talk about that tonight. Uh, I have a bunch of articles I'm going to get into. I'm going to cover the uh, the story that's been floating around. I covered it over the summer, the mysterious deaths of holistic doctors. That There's claims that these holistic doctors are being murdered, and it's because they have uncovered a possible link to cancer, and in essence, they have found the cure to cancer. So as the uh, some outlets are reporting that they are being killed by the government. So we're going to get into that a little bit tonight and talk about that, and you can make up your own mind as always, and I'm going to encourage this throughout the show and every show I do and everything that I write. Do your own research. Have a free mind. That is true freedom, the ability to make choices on your own based on the information that you are not just presented with, but that you go out and actively seek on your own because everybody has an agenda, you know, and I try my best to be as objective as possible, but I do have my own biases, which I'm going to hopefully reveal during this show so you can see where I'm coming from and then use that in your understanding of things. Um, I care about the truth, uh, and I hope that you do too. Uh, wherever that may lie, I want to know what the truth is in this subject. So let's let's talk about this for a minute. I came across an article, uh, and this is shared on this on the um, I Am Human Facebook feed, uh, Den- author Dennis Napisecond Facebook feed, and uh, I'll have everything I talk about tonight, as always, in the links to the show notes at serviceofchange.com. You can also listen to the show on SoundCloud, on iTunes, uh, and on YouTube. All right, plug over. So there's a, an article that came from uh, circleofdocs.com, and the title is Harvard-trained immunologist demolishes California legislation that terminates terminates vaccine exemptions. I, I've only heard bits and pieces and headlines of this, but apparently California is uh, ha- has really upped their game with mandatory vaccines. They're not really allowing as many exemptions anymore. Um, 
you know, because I think they had some outbreaks and stuff. And again, this isn't my main area of focus, but I think it's important to, uh, to discuss tonight. So uh, I'm going to cover this article real quick, talk about it. Uh, and there's a quote at the beginning that says, Vaccine, vaccination at its core is neither a safe nor an effective method of disease prevention. And that's by Tatiana Obukanyich, PhD immunologist. My apologies if I butchered that name. Uh, and this doctor wrote an open letter, and this, this article kind of quotes that and paraphrases, or, or I'm sorry, copies the exact letter. So I'm going to jump to this doctor's letter. Uh, and he says, my name is Tatiana Abukany- <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't pronounce this last name, uh, Abukanyanich. I hold a PhD in immunology. I am writing this letter in hope that it will correct several common misperceptions about vaccines in order to help you formulate a fair and balanced understanding that is supported by accepted vaccine theory and new scientific findings. Uh, Do unvaccinated children pose a higher threat to the public than the vaccinated? It is often stated that those who choose not to vaccinate their children for reasons of conscience endanger the rest of the public. And this is the rationale behind most of the legislation to end vaccine exemptions currently being considered by federal and state legislators countrywide. You should be aware that the nature of protection afforded by many modern vaccines, and that includes most of the vaccines recommended by the CDC for children, is not consistent with such a statement. I have outlined below the recommended vaccines that cannot prevent transmission of disease, either because they are not designed to prevent the transmission of infection, rather they are intended to prevent disease symptoms, or because they are for non-communicable diseases. People who have not received the vaccines mentioned below pose no higher threat to the general public than those who have, implying that discrimination against non-immunized children in a public school setting may not be warranted. So uh, I'm going to step aside here and give my thoughts on, on what he's saying. But he's basically saying the, the presentation of data has been skewed, that lo and behold, there's some fear-mongering that's been going on, and that they're saying if your child's not vaccinated against these particular diseases, then they can't come to school because they pose a threat. And what he's saying is that these diseases, whether the child has the disease or has the vaccine, they're not able to spread it or, you know, or the, the vaccine's not designed to prevent the spreading of it. It's for, you know, going to suppress the symptoms of it. So, uh, and that's not covering all vaccines. It's just, I think the six that he lists here. So, uh, again, we see this a lot with, with, and I'm, I'm sad to say it because I'm a huge advocate for alternative media, but we see it in the alternative media now because we want to get likes, we want to get follows, we want to get attention, we want to get those advertisements. So you get the, the, the headline that's going to scare people, that's going to make them want to share it. Uh, you know, so uh, I think that is being skewed and we really have to have a responsibility as number one, if you're out there presenting this information, but number two, as a consumer, it's up to us with, with uh, our consumption of information to be careful now what we're sharing, because at the end of the day, that equates to money for people with the websites, you know, they're getting the hits, they're getting the likes. Um, they're getting the advertisement. So if they're putting out garbage or they're putting out stuff that's inaccurate, we need to step back for a minute. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This theme's gonna keep running throughout this show because I'm, I'm frustrated with this vaccine debate. So let me jump back into this article. It says number one, IPV, an active poliovirus vaccine, cannot prevent transmission of poliovirus. Uh, it says CD Penix for scientific study item number one. Again, check the show notes at servicechange.com. Wild poliovirus has been non-existent in the USA for at least two decades. Even if wild poliovirus were to be re-imported by travel, vaccinating for polio with IPV cannot affect the safety of public spaces. 
Please note that wild polio virus eradication is attributed to the use of a different vaccine, OPV, or Oreo polio virus vaccine. Despite being capable of preventing wild polio virus transmission, use of OPV was phased out long ago in the USA and replaced with IPV due to safety concerns. Well, side note, that's good to know. I had the OPV when I was in boot camp, so I wonder what those safety concerns were. Uh, number two, tetanus is not a contagious disease, but rather acquired from deep puncture wounds contaminated with C. tetani spores. Vaccinating for tetanus with the DTaP combination vaccine cannot alter the safety of public spaces. It is intended to render personal protection only. Uh, and, and he goes on to talk about, you know, I'm not going to read this whole article. You can check it out through, uh, again, go to serviceofchange.com. You'll see this, this article, uh, this show on there, and the links will be right in there. But he goes in to talk about the uh, diphtheria toxoid vaccine. That's the DTaP. Uh, the pertussis vaccine, he talks about, um, let's see, uh, pertussis variants, PRN negative strains, H influenza or the Hib vaccines. He said they cover only type B. Uh, I'm going to read that one because of the flu, that's basically your flu shot. Despite its sole intention to reduce symptomatic and asymptomatic diseaseless Hib carriage, the introduction of the Hib vaccine has inadvertently shifted strain dominant toward other types of H influenza, types A through F. These types have been causing invasive disease of high severity and increasing incidence in adults in the era of Hib vaccination of children. The general population is more vulnerable to the invasive disease now than it was prior to the start of the Hib vaccination campaign. Discrimination against children who are not vaccinated for Hib does not make any scientific sense in the era of non-type H influenza disease. And he talks about hepatitis B as a bloodborne virus. Um, you know, so uh, again, if you're out there, you know, engaging in things where it's going to be transfer of blood or fluids, then you, you know you're going to be at risk. But it's not this airborne. Oh my gosh, it's going to spread in that capacity to spread the fear. Um, and he says, in summary, a person who's not vaccinated with IPV, DTaP, Hep B, and Hib vaccines due to reasons of conscience poses no extra danger to the public than a person who is. No discrimination is warranted. And we're seeing that now. If you decide not to you know, get these vaccines, people kind of scoff at you and look at you like, oh, you hippie, how dare you? But the truth is, people are scared, myself included. I have two young children. My son is three and a half. My daughter's going to be two in a few months. That's, it, it's scary when you hear all these rumors going around. And it's like, oh, let me go stick my kid with this. No matter which side you read, it's, it's scary stuff. So uh, I'm skipping ahead now because there's something else I want to talk about. Um, it, it's talking about the, the measles vaccine. And he says here, measles research scientists have for a long time been aware of the, quote, measles paradox, end quote. I quote from the article by Poland and Jacobson in 1994. Failure to reach the goal of measles elimination, apparent paradox of measles infection in immunized persons. The apparent paradox is that as measles immunization rates rise to high levels in a population, measles becomes a disease of immunized persons. Further research determined that behind the measles paradox is a fraction of the population called low vaccine responders. Low responders are those who respond poorly to the first dose of the measles vaccine. These individuals then mount a weak immune response to subsequent revaccination and quickly return to the pool of susceptibles within two to five years despite being fully vaccinated. Revaccination cannot correct low responsiveness. It appears to be an immunogenetic trait. The proportion of low responders among children was eliminated to, uh, I'm sorry, estimated to be 4.7% in the United States. Studies of measles outbreaks in Quebec, Canada, and China attest that outbreaks of measles still happen even when vaccination compliance is in the highest bracket, 95 to 97%, or even 99%. 
This is because even in the high vaccine responders, vaccine-induced antibodies wane over time. Vaccine immunity does not equal lifelong immunity acquired after natural exposure. It has been documented that vaccinated persons who develop breakthrough measles are contagious. In fact, two major measles outbreaks in 2011 in Quebec, Canada, and in New York, New York, were re-imported by previously vaccinated individuals. Okay, so again, we need to watch our data. We need to study, you know, um, the sources of information that's coming in here. I, I, I encourage you, everything I just read, find this link and then take it a step further. If you find something to counter this, please let me know so I can correct it. I don't know what's right, what's wrong, but this is an interesting take on it. And I'm going to move on here, um, you know, and I'm just going to briefly go over this one because there's a lot of stuff I want to get to uh, in the show tonight. But uh, murder doctors had discovered cancer-causing enzymes in vaccine. This is from yournewswire.com. Um, you know, and, and they go in to talk about this this disease. Um, I'm sorry, this uh, what is it called? This enzyme that causes cancer that's been found in vaccines, and that you know they possibly had a cure to cancer, and uh, it alleges this is why uh, you know they may have been been killed. And there's some information on here, and there's, uh, there's a YouTube video that they have linked to it as well. Moving on to Snopes.com, holistic doctors poisoned, uh, you know, and there's, there's two stories here. One is dozens were sickened at an alternative medicine conference in Germany, but not all were holistic doctors. So uh, this, you know, has been confirmed through a variety of, of competing sources, but a bunch of doctors got sick um, at, at some conference in Germany. They had some hallucinogenic properties in it. doesn't seem that they, it seems like it was used some kind of unintentional ingestion of this substance. And that's where I'll leave it for you to do your own research on there. Um, but again, Snopes is, is uh, holding strong that you know, not everybody's a holistic doctor here. Now, in regards to all these murders uh, that have been reported here, um, beforeitsnews.com has uh, murders. The article is called Murdered Holistic Doctors Conspiracy Theory Challenge. This, is, this is, goes back dated Saturday, September 26th. This is written by Jim Proster. Uh, I'm sorry, Jim Prozer. And this is the one, this is a pretty good article. He talks about. Uh, the, the two competing articles, U.S. News and World reported that 29 holistic doctors, some suffering life-threatening conditions, were poisoned uh, and banned amphetamines at a health conference in Germany. Um, he, he goes in to talk about, you know, who the poison doctors were a little bit. Uh, and then now he jumps down, okay, he jumps down to the reports of murdered and missing doctors and what's been going on in the U.S. And he goes back and forth between two sources of, uh, I think one is with Snopes and one is with... Uh, news and observer from Raleigh, North Carolina. He has a couple different sources that he's putting in here, and how uh, basically the de the debunking side is saying that not every one of them was a holistic doctor, not all their deaths were suspicious, uh, and some of the information is misleading or misrepresented, and how the other side is saying that well these doctors are holistic doctors. They all had some kind of affiliation with a cure for cancer, and there's a correlation there. And the other thing that's going on with that I read in Snopes is that they're talking about you know the numbers. Well, there's X amount of doctors. Uh, actually, here it is right here. Each month, approximately 700 doctors would die because they cite demographic data. So that, you know, of all the doctors in the United States, by based on demographics, there should be that about 700 that die based upon the number of American doctors and the number of overall deaths. All right, I'm covering a lot of information here in a short amount of time. I'm going to have a bunch of links for you guys to look at um, as well. Again, I keep saying that. But here's, here's my thoughts on this. Here's my opinion on this. 
I don't know what the hell to believe anymore because how have we gotten so far removed from, from truth? There, there just seems to be so many lies, so many hidden agendas out there. Um, and and my, my standpoint is this. My father had cancer and his treatment plan was horrendous. It was absolutely horrendous. They, they encouraged him, and I talk about this a lot on the show, they encouraged him to eat foods that are heavy with sugar to keep his weight on. And we all know that sugar is bad for cancer. It feeds cancer. His treatment was terrible. The drugs really screwed him up. Um, so since then, I've really kind of, in my own personal life, uh, have taken a stance at, you know, anti-big pharma. Uh, I don't take any medicine. Uh, you know, I, I, I work on eating a healthy, you know, healthy diet, GMO-free, watching what I'm putting into my body. I meditate. I exercise. Um, when I get sick, I'm taking herbs and, and, and home remedies, you know, ginger, garlic, parsley, oregano. I work with essential oils, those types of things. And I get results. I am getting results and I'm treating the cause, not the symptoms there. I'm going after the cause of whatever is making me sick and I'm healing up pretty quickly and, and feeling, you know, pretty good. The same thing as popping a pill. When you're popping a pill though, you're just suppressing the symptoms. And when you're taking an antibiotic, from what I understand, you're throwing, you're basically killing all the bacteria or, you know, the bad stuff in your body, but some of that stuff you need. So now you're wiping out, it's like shooting a bazooka to, to kill a fly. Now you got to repopulate that bacteria back in your body. And that's been problems with antibiotics. And that's why they've, they're, they're trying to scale it back in a lot of the food production and food consumption that we have today. Um, so I gave a whole lot in a whole little bit of time, but you know, in exploring my father's death and exploring the cancer industry, the cancer business, I'm 100% convinced that that is a, a corrupt um, industry. That does not mean there are not caring, talented, dedicated doctors, practitioners, and professionals that are really working to find a cure, that are really putting their patient's care first and not worried about the profit and everything else. But at its core, those at the top, there's there's it's a billion dollar industry. There's a lot of money to be made on that. And when you start looking into, there's a great video, Cancer, the Forbidden Cure, at the way the CDC and the FDA stepped in to shut down and discredit people who had actual cures with clinical files, clinical documentation, people coming in uh, you know, with terminal diagnoses and they're treating them with a variety of different ways and curing cancer the CDC and the FDA were, were stepping in and bullying these guys and raiding their offices. Um, so when I start hearing that holistic doctors are being murdered because of my understanding of what I experienced firsthand with cancer uh, through my father, I'm more inclined to believe that there's some corruption going on there. Now, do I necessarily believe that all these doctors are being killed? I don't know enough. But I do know that, number one, I don't trust the pharmaceutical companies, I don't trust the medical institution as a whole, unfortunately. So when I hear something saying medicine is bad, I gravitate toward that. That doesn't mean I shouldn't take do my due diligence and do my own research. Where do I stand with vaccines? I don't know because some of these companies who are tied into these cancer industry type of organizations, 
you know, they're all in bed together. So I, I don't know. Are they lying to me? Well, that's happened in the past. We know that lies have been told and that, or, or, you know, things have been quote unquote missed in the past. And, uh, you know, people have gotten sick and said, oh, sorry about your luck, you know, or let's sweep that one under the rug. So I don't know when it comes to vaccines. As far as the autism link, that is, those waters are so muddied at this point in time. I don't know what to believe. You know, I, I'm more inclined to think that maybe that's not the cause of autism, but I, I don't know enough. But something's causing it. But again, I just read another article talking about the article that claimed that half of all children by the year 2025 are going to have autism. I read an article debunking that. Both of them make great arguments. The one is linking it to some kind of herbicide, and that's what's causing all the rates in autism. The other one's saying, well, actually, autism is, is on the increase because the standards of diagnosis have changed, and the, the rate of diagnosis has changed. It doesn't necessarily indicate that more uh, students and more people are getting autism. So at the end of the day, we're playing with data, and data is so easily manipulated. It's all on how you present it and it's all how you, you know, you, you sell it and that's what's happening. But at the end of the day, it's not giving me a good feeling about making a decision. Do I vaccinate my children? Do I not vaccinate my children? No matter what choice I make, and, and my wife and I have chosen to vaccinate them because I can't make a strong enough argument to my wife to say, hey, let's not vaccinate them. I didn't want to at first, but she came out with, with some, you know, some great arguments and, and I, mine just wasn't strong enough. But I'm still afraid to do it. I really am. So it's a tough decision to make, and, and it's one that uh, we need to take seriously. So if you're, if you're a researcher, if you're a, a truth seeker, let's try to share that information in, in a way that's, that's easy to follow, that's non-confrontational. I know because that, that just creates more drama than we need right now. Just present the facts and stop skewing data to those of us out there. And if you, you come across these articles, you know, either make a note, hey, don't know if I can trust this article or not, or just don't share it because it's stuff's, you know, making it more difficult for us to make these informed decisions. And the American people, we have been turned against one another. We've been turned against uh, our own industries. We've been turned against ourselves. And we don't, we can't even trust the people that we've, you know, that are supposed to be our, our leaders anymore. And that is, a, you know, your definition of subversion right there. We have been subverted on every single level. So we need to start uh, doing our due diligence and stop being spoon-sped and reading headlines. That uh, Spoon-fed, not spoon-sped. I'm, I'm talking too fast here. All right, so I need to move away from this because there's one more thing I want to cover. I wish I would have mentioned it in the beginning of the show. One of my readers reached out to me and shared a personal account. Now, uh, I'm going to refer to this person as female because I don't want to give any identifying traits to this person. Could be male, could be female. I'm just going to refer to, to her as female. And uh, it's similar, not the same person that I, that I mentioned uh, two weeks ago. Different person. Um, but, you know, uh, she, read, she read I Am Human and, and it resonated with her and she wanted to share an experience that she's had. And this is, this is why I'm writing because I want these conversations to be common. I want these conversations to go on amongst all of us, to be able to have the courage to share an experience that we've had because there is something going on. There is something going on on the, on the spiritual level, on the conscious, different states of consciousness, altered states of awareness. There's something very real that's happening. And that's part of what I'm trying to expose. I'm one among many authors that have written about this subject, but that's my goal is to try to make this more acceptable, more understanding, because once we understand that this is a real phenomenon and how it works, then we can take action and do something about it. And I think that this issue 
is the key to the majority of the suffering that is going on in this world. All that other disinformation and hatred and violence and everything, I think, is a symptom of a much deeper, darker cancer that we have. But I also believe that there is a cure. This is, I'm not one for fear-mongering, and that is not my goal. Sometimes I will say things that may sound scary, but I say it to bring it to the forefront, not to hit a panic button, because I think the panic button should be just thrown out in the garbage because that button gets abused. I say it so that we can be aware of it and we can start doing the work that is needed to make that change. So I'm going to read this, just a paragraph right here of what, what um, you know, this one person shared with me. Uh, you, you know, I said, hi, Dennis. I have had one encounter with an incubus that I remember. It was around 1999 or 2000. I was having a nap late one afternoon and started to wake up a bit when I felt pressure, like someone was laying on me. Well, without being too graphic, I experienced the sensations of a very perfunctory sexual encounter. I was paralyzed all during it. It seemed to only last a minute or less. I was trying to open my eyes but couldn't. And then it felt like I was seeing through my eyelids at this very slender, pale youth. He was so pale he looked like a marble statue. He was looking directly at me and had a triumphant smirk on his face as if to say, Ha! Gotcha! His hair was blue and kind of waving like the flames on a gas-burning stove. Then he disappeared. That experience is so common among so many of us out there. Um, you know, myself included. I, you know, I, I've I've seen I've seen beings after, uh, you know, being pinned down, being paralyzed, being electrocuted. You know, uh, being severely intimidated. Uh, you know, they didn't look like the being that she described, but uh, from what I understand, they're, they're they take many forms, uh, and there's a lot of research out there to indicate that. Um, but I'm trying to, to, to expose this a lot more because again, knowledge is power. And and in my own personal experience, I've discovered that the more I learn about this, the more control I have when an encounter happens, the less they can bother me. Um, so, you know, a lot of the literature, the old literature that's out there is there, you know, it's testimonials. There's nothing I can do. I'm so afraid. I'm so scared. I, you know, it's a powerless feeling. We can move beyond that. And that is the work that I'm doing with Food for the Archons. Um, so I, I, I encourage you, read I Am Human. We are not who we think we are. You know, you can start reading for free. You don't even need your email address now. Just go to serviceofchange.com. So I am human. You'll be signed up for the secret newsletter, and you'll get updates on this project. It's a very important project, uh, and, and I think it's going to prove to be very empowering there's some scary stuff in there, but there's a lot of empowering information that I'm coming across that we are all connected to everything in existence. And we have the ability to tap into so much knowledge and power to defend ourselves from this and to bring it to an end. We can do that. So please check it out. Again, servicechange.com slash I am human. I want to thank uh, you know my reader for, for writing in and sharing this and giving me permission to share it with everybody. Um, you know what, what she told me was... Where are we at here? I want to I want to read what else she said. Uh, you can mention the story because I appreciate hearing these kinds of stories from others. So it's only right to give back, and and I really appreciate uh, that she allowed me to share this. So a big thank you to you. Um, 
you know, thank you for, for allowing me to share this. If you've had an encounter, some new stuff on the website, uh, you know, when you click on the, you know, the secret podcast show link, you'll see the show right there on the left-hand side. There's a spot where you can just give feedback on the show. You can make a suggestion. Just enter your information in there and send it to me. I don't even know if you have to give your email address. You can be anonymous. But if you want something read on the show, if you want something just sent privately to me, at, you know, there's a contact link at servicetochange.com. You can send me a note. You can connect through a variety of different ways. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud cloud i'm on youtube um subscribe follow like you know the whole the whole gamut on uh, instagram i I know i'm giving my plugs here but i'm really trying to reach out and and get as many people behind this as possible Uh, i I think this book is going to be very empowering i'm very excited about it and i'm sorry for just kind of self-promoting right now but how else to get the word out right so if you get the opportunity uh, I'd appreciate if you checked it out. Shoot me an email. Let me know what you think. Let me know what's going on. Um, you know, if you're experiencing those dark nights, just understand that you're not alone, and there there is something that can be done. There's a lot that can be done, uh, and I talk a lot about it in in previous episodes of the Secret Podcast. Uh, you know, and I'll be covering it more in uh, I Am Human: Food for the Archons. So I have gone over today. There was a lot going on that I wanted to cover on this subject. I could have gone on for four hours talking about this stuff. You know me. I'm a motor mouth. I like to run my mouth. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you so much for uh, for taking the time and spending the last 25 minutes with me. I greatly appreciate it. I am Dennis Nappy II with Service of Change. This has been the Secret Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning and keep an open mind. Thank you. Welcome to Truth Seekers.